0: Good morning. Hello, everyone. How are you? So we're back here again with the right teacher. So today we're going to be looking at the I in the right teacher. So we've done R and now we're going to I. So I has a few of my favorite keys, to be honest. Um, we have emotional intelligence. We have innovation. We have um, informed we have intuitive, involved, interested, and inclusive. So I is going to be quite interesting this today. So first of all, I would start with emotional intelligence. Um, so emotion is more important, more powerful than reason. Emotion is the driving force behind thinking and reasoning. Emotional intelligence increases the mind's ability to move positive. To make positive, brilliant decisions um, this is something that when I found out I, I, it got me quite excited, um, especially because I'm very open with this i'm not I've not been the most emotionally intelligent person, so um, so it's been a journey for me to be more um, emotionally intelligent I've been this okay, you know what say it, say it as it is, however it is, you really don 't care what people feel or how they feel after you said it, you are looking at the end results. You're being results oriented. You're trying to shake people up. Um, but then of course I got this and I liked it. It says that emotional intelligence more than any other factor, more than IQ or expertise accounts for 85% to 95% of success at work. So IQ is a threshold competence. So you need IQ. You need it. But it does not make you a star. Emotional intelligence does. And that was by Warren G. Benes. And for me, this is this. It's that um, it's, it goes back to what we we're talking about with relationships and people. So at the end of the day, whatever success you are going to achieve. You cannot achieve it in isolation. You need people to help you. You need people to recommend you. You need people to, to say your name and talk about you in the right places. You need people if you want to be successful. So what emotional intelligence does is that it helps us begin to build those right relationships with people. Um, this, is what I, this is what it is. So, it is the capacity to be aware and control and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. It is the key to both personal and life success. So, basically it is this, that when you are dealing with people, in your day-to-day interactions with people, you are aware of your own emotions you are aware of your own emotions and you are aware of other people's emotions and you are aware of how your emotions affect other people and of course we know that our emotions lead to our actions so they are the driving force before the, you know the way we think the way we reason the way we act so you are aware of how your emotions affect people you are aware of how people's emotions to affect you and you can you know, control your emotions. I think that is, so I, I'm angry. Doesn't mean that I should begin to scream. So I am upset. So I, I, I see how, um, I, t- I tell this story a lot. So for a while, I used to come from home all the way t- to work. It's, you know, it, it's about a 40 minutes journey with five children in the car. And then all five children be below the age of 10 and then the arguments in the morning. People want to talk about something. Somebody is sitting too close to somebody else. Somebody is... So I get to work and honestly, I'm angry. I am just upset. I'm flustered. And then I also had, I think, um, a two-year-old baby. You know, one, 18 months to two. So I'm angry. I'm flustered. I'm harassed, for lack of a better word. And I step into the school with that emotion all over me. And there's no way that my emotions and my behavior will not affect the people that work around me. So it is not for me to say, okay, you know what, I'm the boss, you know, do, you know take it as I give it. No, it's, it's, you know, it's not that. It is the fact that you have to be aware of your emotions. You have to be able to control your emotions and you have to be able to express your emotions positively. So yes, you are, you are upset. So why don't you let all the children get out, the, out of the car? And then you sit down there for about 10 minutes, um, either, you know, sleeping, you know, or praying or just meditating and just calming yourself down before you go in. So that's what that's what emotional intelligence really is telling us that how how um, well are you doing? So you're not just dishing out everything. And, you know, emotional intelligence is also known as being not being an asshole when dealing with others you know I, I forgive my english but that's what it is so you're not being a jerk you're not being a horrible person because you know i, I can't help myself we've spoken about it we've spoken about growth mindset and the power of you, you know you know changing yourself so you can't just say oh, I, I can't help it this is how i am anything you know anything goes we can't do that we can't do that at every point in time you have two options i always love to say this is that you step forward into growth or you step back into safety? So, yes, I can't help myself. My body, I'm upset. If I'm angry, I'm angry. Take it or leave it. You do you don't have to be around me. It's stepping back into safety. When you are when you are proposed to become more emotionally intelligent, then there is a lot of work. There's a lot of work because you know that now I have decided that I'm going to be more emotionally. Intelligent. So I can't just get scream when I'm angry. I can't just, you know, be upset when... It, it doesn't work like that. So we all have um, those, those options. So what are the domains of, of, of emotional intelligence? There's self-awareness, there's self-management, adaptability, achievement, orientation, um, positive mindset, positive networking, social awareness, empathy, relationship management. So go, going into things like teamwork, conflict management, Um, you're having a coach and mentor relationship, um, influenced, but I would speak about how growth, how emotional um, intelligence affects us at work. Right. So, I mean, that's that for me, that'd be a good place to start then to push, to push ahead, um, with that. So first, first of all is self-awareness. So it's the ability to recognize and understand your moods, your emotions, your drivers, as well as how they affect, how, what is the of their effect on other people? What is the effect of your mood on other people? So at times you go into a meeting and you are just upset, you've had a bad day. We're living in, in, in a world, for example, someone might have hit your car, you might have fallen into a gutter on your way into work, you might have um, gotten into a bus and when you wanted to come down there was no change. You know, we you might, you might have gone on an on, car on that was driving too fast. There are so many things that would affect us. There are so many things that are can affect our moods. But the truth then is that we must under, uh, recognize when our moods are changing, we must un, recognize how our moods will affect other people. So that's self-awareness with regards to emotional intelligence. And then there's self-regulation. So ability to control and direct disruptive impulses. So do you know that when we when we are about to scream, for example, or when we are about to insult someone, or when we are about to, there there, there, there there are a few seconds of self awareness before we do it. But what happens is that those few seconds of self awareness that tells you what are you about to do. Come on, chill. Come on, relax we what we usually do is that we push it away we are too angry but if we we recognize those few seconds of why why are you uh, uh, come on why whatever are you about to scream and then we latch on to that and then we calm down to say okay you know what can you please excuse me um you know come back in 10 minutes or come back in 15 minutes so that we can have a productive conversation um you can even be open and honest to say if i if i speak to you now i would you know, probably say something that I would not be happy saying or happy about. So, can you please come back in 15 minutes, come back in 20 minutes. So, we're not saying, nobody is saying that you will not have those emotions. No, we're humans. Nobody is saying that you're not going to feel angry. You're not going to feel upset. You're not going to cry. You're not, you no, know, nobody saying that. We're, or you're not going to be happy. Let's talk, talk about the ones that are positive. So, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be happy. You're going to be you are going to be happy. You are going to be excited. But how do we manage our emotions? That is what we are looking at now. So how do we redirect our emotions? How do we redirect our moods? How do we control our impulses? That is what we're... So that's self-regulation. Another thing we're going to look at at, at five components of EQ at work would be motivation. To say, okay, um, what, what am I excited about why am I doing this? Beyond the fact that there's money, beyond the fact that there's status, what are, what is, what are my motivators? And you see, we, we, we at work, we make the mistake to think that, um, so it's left for our boss to motivate us. It's left for our, our, the company, the organization. They're not motivating us. And when people think about that, usually they're thinking about money. But you see, for me, intrinsic motivation, self-motivation. Why, if you, if nobody was looking at you, if nobody was going to pay you, if nobody was going to say thank you, well done, or give you a present, or give you a a plaque, or give you an award, would you do what you are doing? And would you do it at the level of excellence that you are doing it at? We have to begin to look for intrinsic motivators, the things that are. That, that make us, so I wake up this morning and I know that, oh, there's a problem in the education sector. There is a problem in the education sector. The minute we continue, the, the, when we if we continue to, to ignore that, the education sector in Nigeria, if we continue to ignore, ignore that, then we're, going, we're, we're setting ourselves up for even a big, even for bigger problem than we, we are in now. And I said to myself, okay, you know what, where can we, at what point can I come in? What can I do? And it's not... I'm not doing it because I am being paid for it, obviously not. I'm not doing it because... I'm doing it because I... There's an intrinsic... There's something... There's an intrinsic motivation. So I'm recording this 30 minutes, 25 minutes, 35 minutes of podcasts to share with with educators. And I'm... So my point therein is, we need to begin to look for and recognize our own innate motivators what is If everybody were to go away and not give us any accolades, hashtag, would we be doing what we're doing and would we be doing it well? Right along is empathy. <clears throat> so it's the ability to understand the emotional makeup of other people. So I like this a lot because for me, um, so somebody says that um, Ronald Reagan, I saw that this morning, Ronald Reagan was, was able to more than every, anybody in the history, obviously maybe in the history of America or whatever, was able to understand people's emotional makeup. He knew what people wanted to hear. He knew what people wanted. He knew he was able to understand, understand it so well that he was able to use that information to push people and make them do things in the political space. So if I know that one of my teachers... Or you know one member of my team. Okay, what she needs, for example, what makes her excited is just you saying, ah, well done, oh, fantastic, you made this happen. What's stopping me from doing that? If I know that one of one of the motivators of what makes one of my teachers happy is okay when she's in front of the school and she's welcoming people and she's you know she's 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 an interpersonal person, so she wants to always have that conversation, talk to people hug pick children on their way in then you put the person there so how do we understand the emotional makeup of people that helps us to relate with them well and take full advantage interestingly of the relationships take full advantage of the relationships to say okay so I have a friend that what she wants me to do is call her every day I say oh how are you doing how is your day going oh I'm you know thank you for being my friend ta but half of the time, we are very selfish. We, do, we, we want things to happen to us. We are not willing to do things for others. We are not willing to invest our time in understanding people, understanding what makes them tick, understanding their emotional... We, 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 nobody has time for that. We just want other people to understand us. Finally, with that, the, five, the fifth one, with social skills. So the ability to manage relationships and build networks. There's nothing more important than being... Led. Why would you want to walk the walk of life, for lack of a better word, on your own? Why would you want to do that? So nobody is saying that you must be friends with everybody that you see. No. So it's not Oh, It's, a, it's the same thing. Many are called, few are chosen. Please, by all means, do that. But it's not a many are called, no one is chosen. No, you're not even calling anybody. You're not interested. You cannot succeed on your own. And please... I used the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ could have turned all the stones. He could have been in 500 places at the same time, but he went looking for his 12 disciples. He went in search of his 12 disciples. So emotional intelligence is more powerful than reason. I said it so at times you want to do something and you know your mind is telling you come on stop that, but your emotion pushes ahead. We need to be able to be in charge and in control of our emotions if we are to have a life of personal, you know, personal success and a life of, um, of success generally. So, good. Let me move right along to my next best one, which is informed. Informed, information. So, I, 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 I you know, I like synonyms. So, for me, in this task, the synonym for informed is knowledgeable. So knowledgeable, it's too wide, but I'm going to try to contract it as best as I can. Generally, we're looking at knowledgeable in in terms of self-awareness. We just spoke about emotional intelligence, self-awareness. Knowledgeable in terms of your teaching and learning skills. You're a teacher. So knowledgeable in terms of teaching and learning only people in terms of the world. What's happening in the world? I say this a lot. A lot of us think that is we just affect ourselves. There are some things that are going to happen in the United States of America that would, that would affect the way we do things in Lagos, Nigeria. There are some things that are going to happen in, for, in, in Iraq, in Afghanistan. In Syria, that is going to affect the way we do things, or the way people do things. Look at the issue of, um, of the migration crisis. So everybody just, was just sitting down on their own, doing their own thing, and then a war broke out in another part of the world, and now everybody, you know, we have the refugee crisis. So, every, so we cannot just sit down in a box and say, oh, I'm in my little box. How, you know, do you listen to the news I said a lot of us have social media, but we use it for the wrong things. Do you listen to the news? Do you check what's happening? What news sites do you follow on social or on the internet? For example, if half of us are glued to our phone, then you might as well be glued to your phone for positive things. We must know what's new. We must know what's out in education, in um, things that affect education. For example, health, pediatrics, health affects education. So I remember when there was the outbreak of Ebola. It affected the way everything, we, we, we had to go out of school for about two weeks. And then when we came back, we had to go into this full, full um, whatever, of washing our hands and washing this and using. So you must understand what the other sectors that affect your sector. If There's a problem with transportation, for example. Your children are not going to come to school, right? So these are the things that, so we must not just sit in the cocoon and just say, oh, I'm a, do- I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a teacher, so all I need to know is how to teach. That is, that is you don't, that, that's, that, 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 I mean, that's 19th century. You must also understand what are the better ways of doing things. What are the better ways of doing things? Which is, you know, we'll talk about more of that when we talk to, come to innovation. What's new? You must be informed, you must be knowledgeable. But you know, let's now take it down to you know, education. First of all, content knowledge. You must understand what, 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 what curriculum is being used in your school. You must understand all the different curricula that exist. I must begin to compare and contrast. Come up with a Venn diagram and say, okay, people are talking about this Finnish thing. People are talking about that's Finnish. I mean Finland. People are talking about Singapore. People are, we all know about the British. We know about the American. What exactly do this thing mean? And internet Google is your best friend. So you can do a Venn diagram of that. You can do, okay, and find out, okay, where do, where do all these things meet? And what are the differences? What are You compare, you contrast. And you know, another thing you must have good knowledge about is the content of so if you're a math teacher, if you're an English teacher, if you're a primary 1 teacher, if you're, you must have good, you must be a master at the thing that you are about to teach. I don't know where people get that information that, ah, no, you don't have to know it, you just go and teach it. How does that work? Now, you must have a threshold knowledge. So you want to go and talk, teach, um, for example, algebra to year four and you don't know what algebra is and you say, oh no, I'm going to be learning it as I'm going. I'm going to, no, no. What you do as you are going along is that you get better. So if you knew one method to, for solving this simultaneous equation, for example, then if you want to get better, you can now begin to learn three, four methods. But not that you are about to enter a classroom or, uh, you know, about, about to enter a school year where you will be, you be required to teach, teach um, simultaneous equation and you don't know it, and say, no, when I get two days before, I'll just learn it. You are you, that, That's unfair. That's unfair on the children. Your subject content knowledge must be exceptional. Must be exceptional. Must be high-ended. You know, must be 90%. So you are going to look for things that are really wicked to teach. So creative writing, for example, a lot of people don't like creative writing. And then you have been asked to teach um, creative writing for some reason. And then you now say, no, when I get there, you know, the day before I just pick it up and begin to understand it. It doesn't happen that way. If when you were going to university and the people that taught you, those professors just decided to teach you a second before, before you came into the classroom, do you think they would have taught you well at all? do you think they would have taught you well at all definitely not so we owe it to ourselves we owe it to our children to have great subject content knowledge that's the what to teach basically and then the next thing we must know is the how to teach the how to teach so pedagogical skills of research planning delivery assessment feedback you must create your own teacher's toolkit. You must have a big book where you have read and you have all your points when, we, when it comes to things like um, how learning works, differentiation, questioning, Bloom's taxonomy, learning styles, multiple intelligences, student engagement, um, technology in the classroom, assessments, formative, summative, how to use them, classroom management. You must have your toolkit. You must have a toolkit. You must have your book almost like your teaching bible where you have put and then when you are learning for example you you've learned it and then you go maybe come for lait and then they, they are saying it again you open to that and you add it and if you don't have it then you create a brand new one you must have that you must have that the the the, the, the knowledge so a lot of us will go okay when you come for an interview and you are asked about something about assessment and I enjoy a blank. I say, "Give me a chance. I know it. I just have just forgotten it." <laughs> so it's it's this. You know, I, I'm a medical doctor, so I use medicine as a comparative. So imagine you walk into your your doctor's um, office consulting room, and then you 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 give him all your your complaints, all the symptoms. He asks you many questions. And he says, ah, okay, this thing that he says is wrong with you, ah, oh, wow, I remember this thing, oh, yeah, I think from about 10 years ago, I can't remember what they call it. Would you not start looking left and around? Right? Uh-uh. Where's the nearest exit though? Now, what was going on? Hey, oh, I'm not really sure which medicine to give you. You know, I can't really remember it, you know, so clearly. I don't know if it was... Would you not escape? Why then do we do that to our children? Why do we feel that we don't need to be in our A game when we are going to the classroom? Why do we feel that? That we don't have to appear in the class, you know, ready. Why do we? I don't understand why teachers have that mindset. It's almost as if we do not understand how important it is. When you teach a child, so the effect of a bad teacher takes a child two years to get over. And then in those two, you know, so what? in the next class that has a good teacher, those children have gone ahead of the classroom with a poor teacher. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So if you are a teacher who is not skilled and you have been unleashed on 20 children and then in, in class B, there is a teacher who is skilled, then fundamentally the children in class B have moved ahead of the children in your classroom and then you have set the children in your classroom back by two years because what they should have learned they have not learned so they are going to use one year to learn it and then the other year to catch up. So I cannot overemphasize the importance of perfecting your teaching practice. Now, when I say perfection, I don't mean, oh, everything is perfect. I mean that, you see, there is a level that you are going to be at, I you know that, ah, this level, ah, it's, 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 it's a good level. And then because you now want to be an exceptional human being, then you are now going to go above, half of us are, 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 are you know, operating on, on below average towards mediocre. Below average, Towards mediocre level, that's where we are operating. And then we don't want to live there. When someone comes to ask us to pull ourselves up, we are angry at that person. That you know, busy, busybody, disturbed by the owner of the school, was her business with my life always coming to and then you begin to continue to exist. And we know what happens to when you are mediocre, you go into extinction, you go into extinction. That's what happens. That's what happens to mediocre people. Now, the third thing that I'm going to look at when we were talking about informed is the 21st century skills that you know have been published by Google, published by World Economic Forum, that are needed for success in the world today: complex problem solving, critical thinking, creativity, people management, collaboration, emotional intelligence active listening, service orientation, negotiation, cognitive flexibility. Let me take it again. Complex problem solving, critical thinking, creativity, people management, collaboration, emotional intelligence, active listening, service orientation, negotiation, and cognitive flexibility. What does this mean? So it is not now just not about what you know. It is the fact that you can solve problems because that's what the world is full of problems, and the world is looking for people that can solve problems. And we are talking about not just oh, we are talking about random. It might not even be people. When people think of problems, I think of technology. No, 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 no. It might be okay. So how do we get our, our children to do their work in? A, how do we get our children to different things? Critical thinking, creativity, people management of coming off the back of emotional intelligence, coming off the back of relationships, collaboration. We don't want this one star, lone star, superhero. The years of the superhero are long gone. The years of the superheroes are long gone. I don't want one great person that. So when you leave and then, OK, you live with your super. I don't want that. I want when people are able to work in a team. And they are able to solve problems. They are able to bring up suggestions and solutions as a team. They are able to do things as a team. So we are talking about, oh, we, we, we are doing a play. So where, are the, where is the team that is in charge of that? We're talking about um, a um, school football match. Where is the team? We're talking about the graduation ceremony. Where is the team? People we want people, The world today wants team. We want collaboration. We don't want this lone star. Emotional intelligence, we've spoken about that. Active listening. Half of the time, where we are listening or we can hear. And we are listening, but we are not actively listening. Actively listening that when you, somebody is speaking to you, you will forget about you. And you keen to what that person is saying. And you begin to ask, okay, what is this person actually trying to say? Now, if you do not understand, you need clarification. You ask, is this what you are trying to say? Or well, this is what I think that you are saying? Oh, this is what you are saying. Half of the time, we are just waiting to say, to respond back to the person. Service orientation, service delivery. This is not good enough to have a product. It is not good enough to have a product. You can have any product. It is how that product is delivered to the customers. That's what is important. It is how the customers gain satisfaction With using your product through the way you deliver, through your service, that is what is important. So this school is great, very fabulous, very awesome. And then when you get in there, nobody's greeting you, nobody's smiling, everybody's angry. You're asking a question, their their backs are against the wall. Ah! Cognitive flexibility basically means that we, we, we are open to learning more. So it is not, oh, this is what I know. I can't know anymore. Or this is how I've been doing it. I cannot change. Nope. So you know stuff, but you must be flexible. Oh, somebody is saying something. Ah, so there might be another way of achieving this. Okay. Let me be open to listening to you. Let me be open-minded. Let me listen. Let me all. Oh. That is what you So the three bits as, as an educator. Now... Is content knowledge, pedagogical skills, and 21st century skills. Let's move right along to involved. So, I say that if you're going to be the right teacher, you must be involved. What a lot of people do, you know, we've probably spoken about is that you get into your school, you go into your classroom, you shut the door, and you think, okay, once my classroom is fantastic, then I do not need to do any other thing. No. This is still on the back of emotional intelligence and on the back of relationships. You must be involved. What's happening in the school? What's happening in the other class? What's happening with other children? So you are walking down the corridor and a child, a child is doing something wrong. Because the child is not a child in your classroom, you walk past the child that ah, what's my business? That does not concern me. And then you begin to berate the teacher that, look at her, she's always talking too much. Meanwhile, her, one of our children is here doing the wrong thing so they are going to have events in your school and you know that you can do a very good MC for some reason and you keep that to yourself because ah, I don't want any problem I don't want let me just be in my classroom I don't want any drama I don't want any you must be involved that is where you begin to get influence we spoke about this with relationships you must be involved with the school you must be involved with what is happening in the activities of the school you must be there and when you are involved it does not mean that you are a troublemaker. then you get there and you go and scatter what is happening. We've spoken about collaboration. It's not about you. It is not about you; it is about the team so when when one person succeeds, the team should succeed. When the team has succeeded, it means that each of us in the team we have succeeded. You must be involved. A lot of us are wondering why we are not called to do things or we are not giving promotions as that when you. Is because at the end of the day, schools need leaders, school need, schools, organizations generally. They need people that look at it, they are passionate. And then we're not talking about eye service. We're not talking about you going there when the, the, the owner is coming there. You go there and quickly behave as if I'm out. People are going to know that. What I love about life is the fact that people see. So even if you, in your mind, you're doing the eye service, and your mind there is something you're doing between you and the, and the boss, Every other person that sees that you do this, they know. Now, when they are called to bear, so good organizations will have a 360 degrees appraisal system. So they're not going to just ask you how good you are. They're going to ask your, 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 your line manager. They're going to ask your line manager's line manager. They're going to ask good that, that even report to you to say, oh, so all these people would have seen if you are doing eye service. <coughs> right? Excuse me. So you need to be involved. Another thing with eye is, I'll go over to it, The innovator, the right teacher, must be an innovator. Now, the innovator's mindset is a way of thinking that leads to the creation of something new or better, a new way or a better way of doing things. A teacher must continually evolve with resources and experiences if he or she is to stay relevant in the ever-changing and dynamic world of today. Innovation starts with a question. It always starts with a question. Oh, how can I do this better? What is best for the learner in my classroom? How would what we are teaching impact the learner's future? What are we teaching? Is it the best thing that we can be teaching at this time? Innovation isn't always a physical creation. So most people think when they hear innovation, they are thinking, oh, it's technology. It's technology. It's, oh, something to create. Um, it robotics. It's no. Innovation is just a it's, a, it's almost like a new way of doing things. Okay, so this thing, we're doing it this way. Okay, we've talked about reflection. We've talked about responsiveness. So we have reflected, how, how could I have done that thing better? How can we do this better? You call a meeting of your team members. Oh, this is what I've noticed. I don't think it's working. Or oh, it's working, but I think that it can work at a higher and better level. So recently, um, in Kids' Court School, we did... Um, something called the GL assessment. So the GL assessment, computer-based exam, um, is used over 100, is a UK-based exam, but used over 100 countries. So um, all the children all over the world are sort of put in, you know, all these graphs and percentiles and all that. So your ch- the child in your school, you're able to say, okay, how well is this child doing compared to children all over the world? That sort of a thing. And then you see what we realized, but then of course it gives you fabulous reporting. What we realized is that some children that were not doing so well with the way we do our testing, you know, our testing is basically paper-based. A few, you know, computer-based, but mostly paper-based. We're not doing so well. We realized that they were in the above average percentile when they did the computer-based GL assessment. Children that we thought, oh, this child, maybe the child needs IEP. This child needs, you know, to be in special. You know, that sort of. But when they sat in front of the computers with their headphone on, listening to the questions and answering them, they were above average. And it was a big, um, you know, it, 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 was, it was mightily insightful for us because we thought that, okay, so that means there's a problem with the way we do our testing. That means there's also a problem with the way we teach. And we went back to the drawing board and to say, okay, <clears throat> that means there's something we're not doing right. That means we're not meeting these children at their point of... That is innovation. So it is not necessary that we're going to begin to go, Let me okay, this is a laptop, let me create the biggest laptop that has ten hands. No. Innovation is simply an idea. And then when that idea is applied, it is for us to say to ourselves, what is the better way of doing things. If when we, we 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 you know are not doing something well enough, or when we want to even make things better, or when we want to create some a new totally new way of doing something, that is innovation. A teacher must continually evolve. You cannot do things the way they were doing in the nineteenth century. I tell people that the way what we are teaching our children, they don't even need it for today, they need it for the year 2020, 2025, 2030, and above. But if you are teaching them the way you were taught in 1990, or 1988 and 1975, then there is a problem. How relevant are you? Are the things you are teaching them? How relevant are the methods that you are, you are using? For example, the computer computing is here to stay. Technology is here to stay. But if you say no, I can't technology because I, that's stress. That's adding more problems to the problem I have. You begin to then you are not equipping the children for a life of success in the world today. Innovators mindset is extremely important in all our day-to-day dealings. How do we get teachers to come to work early? earlier? How do you get teachers to be happier at their work? How do we, it always starts with a question. How do we get teachers to, to show, to be more committed? How do we create, um, 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 what's it called, um, team spirit amongst our te- ourselves? How do we create a sense of ownership? How do we create a proactivity mindset? These are questions. So when you find an answer, then that's innovation. And then, of course, when you apply that, it is extremely important that teachers of today... So there's a fantastic book by George Kuros. It's called the Innovator's Mindset. Please get it. When I was talking about um, knowledgeable... I missed out the fact that how do you, as a teacher of today, get knowledgeable? Now, half of the time, obviously, you probably have to go for some seminars. But I think beyond seminars, we should be able to lead our own learning. You should be able to pick up a book. That's why I said that the internet is a wonderful place. Do you know that there are some some apps or websites that you can download books for free and read them? Do you know that? Do you know that you can read, listen to podcasts like this one for free? Do you know that? Do you know that there are some websites that have some, like some of the documents that I'm going to share at the end of this? Some articles. Do you know that? So half of us, we are just always waiting for life. To, I don't know where we got that from. We're always waiting for life to happen to us. Ah, in that school, they don't even know how to develop. They don't even know how to send people for, for training. And then because that school, that means you will not never be trained. And then you spend four years in a school that that obviously doesn't value continuous professional development. And then because of that, then you don't develop yourself. Then you go for an interview and say, you know, the school I was coming from, they don't value continuous professional development. So that is come on. Come on. Come on. Right? Fabulous so the last but not the least is inclusive but i feel that inclusive should also be part of your teacher's toolkit you should be able to welcome all children you should be able to attend you must have an open mind to attending to all children you're able to cater for various levels of ability in your children you're able to welcome the ability the opportunity to do so and give each child equal access to you as a teacher and equal access to every opportunity for learning so recap of the I is this. We, talked, we spoke about intelligence, emotional intelligence. We spoke about informed, being knowledgeable. We spoke about innovation, innovator's mindset. We spoke about being involved and interested. We spoke about inclusiveness as well. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time.